If you want to go ahead and take out your message notes, we're going to kind of dive right in this morning, and we're continuing our message series, The Miracle of Mercy. And, you know, sometimes we take mercy for granted, uh, both from God and from other people, but it's something that we desperately need, both from God and other people. The definition of mercy that we've been using in this series is undeserved forgiveness and unearned kindness. And as you look at this, as we talked about last week, there are two sides to mercy. There's the forgiveness side, where we don't demand some kind of payback when somebody wrongs us. Bugs are falling out of the lights up there. I don't know what that's about. But uh, so we decide out of mercy to forgive them instead. And then there's the compassion side. And this is where we see someone who's hurting or in some kind of a tough situation. And out of compassion, we do something to meet that need in their life. And that was the focus of last week's message where we uh, looked at the, the second side of mercy and our need to show compassion to help the hurting, right? So this week, we're going to focus on that first side, go backwards a little bit, and talk about forgiveness. The, the title of the message today is Mercy Forgives. And just as there are two sides to mercy, there are two sides to forgiveness. And Jesus talked about both of these. Matthew chapter 6, 12, he uh, gives us the Lord's Prayer, right? And Jesus taught us to pray that we should uh, for, uh, forget, we ask, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. So Jesus taught us that mercy is lived out in two ways. One is when we say, God, forgive me. And the other is when we say, I forgive you. And it's important that we get both of these, uh, our hearts around both of these, because scripture says that we can't have one without the other. So this week we're going to look at our need um, for God's forgiveness in our life. And then next week we'll talk about how we can be better at forgiving one another. So here's the focus of, of the message today. Mercy means that God forgives us. Mercy means God forgives us, and that is good news, we, because we all need forgiveness. God is completely willing to, to give us a fresh start, to give us a clean slate. He, he's willing to remove the penalty of sin. He's willing to set us free from the guilt of sin. And, and really, that's the ultimate good news uh, of Scripture. The thing is that sometimes we know this in our head, that the Bible says that we're forgiven, but we don't always feel forgiven. And when you don't feel forgiven and uh, you, you feel guilty instead, then you lack the peace and the joy that Jesus came to give us. So I want to talk for a few minutes about some facts, some truths that can help us to uh, both know that we're forgiven and to feel that we're forgiven. So in your message notes, I've got four truths about forgiveness that, that we need to grab a hold of. And, and the first truth is... That God wants to forgive me. I mean, nobody's forcing him into this. Uh, one of the ways that we can feel forgiveness, uh, forgiven is to recognize that God is, wants to forgive you. He, 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 doesn't, uh, uh, he chooses to forgive you because of his love. The Bible says in Nehemiah 9.17, and this is just one of many, many, many verses in Scripture, but it says, You are a God of forgiveness, always ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry, and full of love and mercy. 
Uh, God is not reluctant to forgive. Uh, He's full of love and mercy, and mercy and forgiveness flow out of who he is, and it flows out to everyone. Micah 7.18 talks about this. It says, um, you do not stay angry forever, but delight. And you might want to circle that word delight. You delight to show mercy. Uh, That's how you, you feel God's forgiveness, is to recognize that he delights in forgiving you. And if you'll get a hold of that, that, then you can start to understand what it means to be forgiven. Then truth number two, God freely forgives me. Not, God not only wants to forgive us, he freely forgives us. It, you know, there's no way that you can earn his forgiveness. It's not something that can be earned. It's a gift that God gives us. It's, it's free. Romans uh, 3, 23, 4, uh, 23 and 24 says, for everyone has sinned. Uh, that's the basic truth that we all have to get our minds around too. And we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Yet God freely and gloriously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of for our sins. So this verse reminds us that we can't earn God's forgiveness. It's, it's a gift, right? By grace, we are saved through faith, right? It's, it's a gift of God. And, of course, just because it's free doesn't mean it wasn't costly. It, Jesus gave his life so that we could be forgiven. But Jesus offers you and he offers I this gift that was costly for him, absolutely free to us. God freely forgives us. And, you know, if you have a checkered past, uh, you may struggle to believe this. And I'm not minimizing your past. Uh, Some of you may have a pile of sin that's greater than anyone else in here. But the depth of the pile of your sin isn't what matters. It's the depth of God's mercy given to you. God's forgiveness is greater than any sin. It's greater than any past. And the grace of forgiveness is that every one of us, uh, no one deserves to be forgiven, but God freely forgives us out of his mercy. Then number three, we need to recognize that God immediately forgives me. If you want to feel forgiven, you need to recognize that you're not waiting for God to forgive you after you ask forgiveness. It's, it's immediate. It's not like God says, you know, well, I don't know, that particular sin... Uh, that was pretty bad. I think we might have to talk about that next Wednesday or something. You know, just you sit with that one a while. Uh, no, when you go and ask forgiveness, he immediately forgives. And the reason that he immediately forgives us is because Jesus has already died for that. He's already, as the choir was singing this morning, paid the penalty for that sin. So he immediately forgives us. Isaiah 55, 7 says, And this is short. Let's read it together. God is merciful and quick to forgive. All right? God God is quick to forgive. It's immediate. And and guilt is like a warning light on your dashboard. You know, if if your car, a light comes on and it's blinking, you don't just drive day after day with that light blinking. You want to take care of it so you don't end up stranded someplace or something. And guilt is God's warning light. It's saying, you know... Uh, it's the Holy Spirit in you, 
inviting you to confess that and receive the forgiveness that comes immediately uh, so that you can have that freedom and get free of the guilt of that. So um, guilt, uh, so forgiveness is immediate. Then one last one, and is one you, uh, you want to feel forgiven, that God completely forgives me. He, he completely, absolutely, totally forgives you. Uh, it's not like, well, I can forgive that part of that sin, but not that part. It's, it's completely forgiven. Colossians 2, 13, 14 uh, makes this abundantly clear. He says, God forgave all our sins. He canceled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to the Christ of cross, the, the cross of Christ. So, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, he died for all of your sins. He canceled the record. He completely erased it. It's like it never happened. Your record is clean before God. And, and you know, if you think about uh, a bill that you've paid off, you don't sit around and think about, you know, oh, wow, that was a costly you know, bill or whatever, you may do a little dance, but you don't think about bills that are already paid off. And and it's not like God has a file somewhere of your past sins, and he's waiting to pull that drawer out later, you know, yeah, you did that once before, you know, and or, or 10 or 20 or 100 times. He's destroyed that file. He took the file, he shredded it, he incinerated it, he threw those ashes into to the ocean, whatever your CSS CSI mind needs to go through to realize that that evidence is gone. You know, go to that place because that's what God has done for you. God has absolutely, totally erased the record of your sin. And that's the amazingness of forgiveness. Micah seven nineteen says, You will have mercy on us again. You will conquer our sins. You will throw away all of our sins into the deepest part of the sea. And Paul says it this way in the New Testament. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture. I'd like to take this uh, chapter 8 of Romans and just do a series on it. But the very first verse uh, says, so now uh, since Jesus Christ came and paid the price, so now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, though that condemning voice that just every little thing that you do and it's kind of always constantly there. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There there's nothing left in the file to condemn you for. That means that we have to silence the self talk, this the contem- condemning talk, and remember that God has already forgiven us. And this truth of forgiveness is in many ways. The, the very foundation of what it is to follow Jesus Christ and to realize um, that we're living a new kind of life now, totally forgiven. Uh, he chose to show mercy to you because of his love. And, and this seems kind of radical sometimes because we know what we've done. We know what other people have done to us and have done to, to others. And we see uh, them become Christians and now their slates wash clean. But the the radicalness of forgiveness is that God chooses mercy over justice. He chooses to forgive. And uh, our memory verse comes from James 2.13. It 
Now let's read this one together. Mercy triumphs over judgment. James 2.13. Mercy triumphs over judgment. In his mercy, God chooses to forgive. All of our past, present, future sins are covered by what Jesus did on the cross. So we just have to receive that. Uh, that's the only requirement, is that, that we say, yes, Jesus, I want that. I, I receive what you did for me on the cross. And, and Jesus is offering that to us today. He offers it freely whenever we ask. So I was thinking about this, this message, and, and um, what does this mean for us, that, that God forgives us like this, so, so freely, so willingly, so immediately? And, and I've got just three quick observations that I, that I want to make this morning. The first is that God is for you. <laughs> uh, sometimes we don't feel forgiven because we're not 100% sold that God is rooting for us, that God loves us, that he wants the best for us. And even though the Bible says we're forgiven, we still find ourselves expecting you know, some kind of payback. We're waiting for the shoe to fall, you know, for some of the choices that we've made in the past or a choice that we made this morning and now, you know, I know I'm going to get a flat tire on the way to church. Was that, was that God, you know? Um, like, like God is out to get us. But we can have the assurance that God is for us because God is so willing and ready to forgive us. Uh, look at Romans eight, thirty-one and 32. It says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? And Paul's been talking about uh, forgiveness and Christ uh, making us righteous in God's sight. And he says, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? You know, if, if you miss everything else today, get this. God is for you. God loves you. And that's why he's shown us such great mercy. He gave his son for you. And then the second thing we can know because of God's uh, forgiveness and his willingness uh, to forgive us is that God will help you. Uh, Since God has gone so far to show us his love and his mercy and give us this clean slate, we can know that he wants to help us when we struggle with sin. Uh, And if you have an area of your life where you really struggle to be Christ-like in your attitude or your character, or maybe you have a habit or an addiction that continues to harm your life or your relationships, you can know that God wants to help you overcome that uh, because he's so ready to forgive you. And, and he's given us the power to do that. Romans 6, uh, 6 and 7 says, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. We're set free from the power of of sin. So when you give your life to Jesus Christ, Jesus uh, comes and he lives in you. He sends his Holy Spirit to live in you. And it's the same spirit that was living in Jesus when uh, he w- lived on earth and was able to resist sin. So he's, he's there in you, willing to help you right now to choose wisely uh, so that sin loses its, its grip in your life. Because God in his mercy forgives you, 
we can know that he doesn't want you to keep falling into the same pit, right? He, he wants to help you if you'll ask him. And then the third thing that we can know about God because of his mercy um, is that he accepts you right where you are. And God accepts you. He doesn't want to leave you broken, but he accepts you where you are. You know, I've talked to people who are waiting to give their life to Christ until they get their life cleaned up. You know, once I can stop drinking or once I stop smoking or, you know, these kinds of things. And that's like waiting, that's like cleaning for the maid to come, you know. (laughs) It's like, you can't do that evaporation thing that Forrest was talking about this morning. Only God does that. And God knows everything about your past, your present, your future. And he still accepts you. And no, no matter how unacceptable uh, you think you might, you might be. Romans 5.8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And we didn't have to wait for, you know, to get ourselves cleaned up. He came while we were still sinners. And God accepts us just as we are when we come to him. And, and ask him to receive us. And, and this is the good news. This is the hope or the foundation for our faith. Uh, this Friday evening, we went to our granddaughter's high school band concert. And there were three schools that had come together to collaborate to put this concert together, Concord and Climax Scots and Springport. And so it was a very large band. So kind of picture uh, this sea of black <laughs> uh, kids dressed in black, uh, covering most of uh, a gymnasium floor. So it was a very, very large band. And the concert was called the Masterworks Ensemble. And each of the directors from the three different schools picked uh, a piece for the kids to learn, and then they got together and practiced it and and played it. So before each of these pieces that the director had picked uh, was played, they explained the story behind uh, the composition. And you know, when you hear the story behind the, the song, it really makes the music so much more moving. And one of the songs that they played was Lock Loman. Of course, we've all heard it and sang it as children, you know. Uh, you take the high road and I'll take the low road and I'll be to Scotland before you. For me, but me and my true love will never meet again on the bonny, bonny. Beautiful, beautiful banks of luck, Omen. Right? <laughs> and you know, when we sang it as kids, we always sang it like that just cheery and upbeat and, you know, kind of fast. And But the story behind that is very different. Uh, the story is about two Scottish soldiers who'd been taken prisoner by, British, by the British during the uprising. And the, the legend is, of the story is that one of the men was to be executed and the other was to be set free and to be released and allowed to return to his homeland. And the Scottish had this belief at the time that if a soldier were killed in a foreign land, that his soul would make a spiritual journey by way of the low road through the other world back to... Uh, his homeland, where he'd finally be at rest. And so in his grief that he would never see his true love again, uh, the man who was to be executed 
penned the words to the song Loch Lomond. And he said, you'll take the high road. You'll go home uh, to our homeland alive and well, and I'll take the low road. I'll be going home a different way by the low road, but I'll be to Scotland before you. But me and my true love will never meet again by the beautiful, beautiful banks of Loch Lomond. And, you know, hearing that story before it and then listening to the song, it was embarrassing to tear up at a high school band concert. But as the song built and the room was filled with the swelling music of the story of the song, you know, I, I had to talk myself into not sobbing. <laughs> Knowing the story behind the song changes the power of the song. And um, in a few minutes, we're going to sing Just As I Am. And, and most of us know the words to the verses. Just as I am, without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. And that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. And the story behind the song is that there's a God who loves you. There's a God who came down and became a human like us so that he would know what it's like to be tried and tested like we are. But he never gave in. He he never missed the mark. He he never got it wrong. He got it right every time, and and that's why he's called the spotless Lamb of God. And he took our place on the cross so that all the penalty for every wrongdoing was covered one time for everyone. So that you could come, so that I could come, just as we are, and find acceptance. And Jesus is inviting you. He's inviting the person next to you. He's inviting the person down the road from you. He's inviting everyone here today to to know that you're invited to come, to come just as you are. You can come and know God welcomes you because God is a God of mercy. God is a God who forgives. Let's pray. Loving God, we, we thank you for this story that we tell over and over and over and never get tired of of your great, great love for us. Um, the cross such such an ugly thing. And yet, when we see the love that was shown there, and we understand the depth of that love for us, that it's not just for the person next to us, but that you came. That That's our one plea, that your blood was shed for me. God, and if there's anybody here that hasn't, understood that hasn't received it i just i just invite you to pray right now with me lord lord jesus i accept what you did for me on the cross i want to be your child and and i receive the forgiveness that you came to give me and and i want to live my life for you i give you my life today help me to live my life in the power of your holy spirit and we ask these things in jesus name Amen.